Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM. So, so we go straight to Croke Park. And to Ashton O'Reilly on that uh, report from the Kerry win today as they be going. Full time here in Croke Park and Kerry are the 2022 All-Ireland Senior Football Champions. Incredible scenes and finished Kerry 20 points, Galway 16 points. It was Galway who led by two at the break. Shane Walsh picked up where he left off in that first half by scoring two consecutive points to keep the tribesmen in the lead. But in the 41st minute, Clifford put the kingdom in front for the first time to the delight of the Kerry fans here at Crow Park. A very exciting open brand of football in that second half. It was Clifford versus Walsh, two of the best footballers in the country. And on 47 minutes gone, Kira Malloy and Killian McDay pointed to put the men from the west to ahead. It was halfback Rhino Bjuglock who levelled the game with full 50 minutes gone and quickly followed up with a Clifford free to put the kingdom one ahead. Fatigue started to play a factor in the game. Killian McDay has been immense in every way, kicking four points from play. He levelled the game with 64 minutes gone. A Clifford free and one from play for Killian's Palam. Put Kerry to ahead with five minutes injury time remaining. Gavin White fisted over his first of the game in the dying minutes with Sean O'Shea adding a free to seal the deal. Shane Walsh has been absolutely incredible for Galway kicking 10 points but it's the Kingdom's Day, the first All-Ireland win since 2014. David Clifford was immense, kicking 8 points, 4 from play and it's Kerry who are the 2022 All-Ireland Senior Football Champions. It finished Kerry 20 points, Galway 16 points. Right, for more on the All-Ireland Football Final and Kerry's win, uh, joined by our good pal Paul Kerrigan. Paul, first off, um, that was a great game of football. Yeah, it was a game fitting really for the All-Ireland Final. I thought it was a really enjoyable game, you know. Um, I thought both teams tried to kind of express themselves attacking-wise when they were on the ball, you know, tried to leave it in early and move it forward as best possible. And they obviously bought it their own kind of defensive structures that they stuck to as well. So, yeah, it was a really, really good, um, really good game. Um, I thought it was it was an intriguing game too, you know. I suppose Kerry started slowly and, and Galway were unbelievably economical in their possession. Like, uh, and... They were, I think, one wide in the first half. Carried, I think, was six. So, um, yeah, but it was it was a really good and enjoyable game. And um, you know, maybe the couple of the uh, the Derry Galway semi final wasn't a great game before. Kerry Dublin was a good game. We finished here now on another good game. Uh, a lot of talk uh, uh, about the game uh, heading into the game about David Clifford and the impact that he was going to have on the game. And there was a lot of pressure on him, I suppose, going into this All Ireland final. But by God, he certainly delivered today, didn't he? Unbelievable! Yeah, it, like. Like Shane Walsh himself in an unbelievable game, but like David Clifford overshadowed him even. You know, um, I thought like his two marks in the first half were unbelievable. You know, because they were really just high uh, hitting hope, uh, dropping balls in, and he took command of that space and he claimed them and and stuck them over the bar and then left and right. Then you know, um, he gave him the the lead point. I think in the second half, the first time when they took the lead, and he was just a, a fulcrum all the time. Um, he was uh, obviously tried to double him up as much as he could, but um, like he's probably. He's the best player in the country by a bit, and he showed it to the day, you know, on, on the biggest day. And um, I think, like, it's, he collects his fourth All Star this year. He's only about twenty-three or something, mm. so he's uh, he's an unbelievable player, and he showed it today. Yeah, it certainly is uh, fantastic stuff. Um, just coming down the stretch, Kerry finished a lot stronger. Paul, was it a case of, I suppose, their physical conditioning was that a little bit better than Galway's coming down the stretch? Um, I I wouldn't say so. Like, I think up till the game, Galway used very little subs. You know what I mean? And Kerry's bench. Mm. 
have had a, an impact uh, right throughout the championship like like Jack O'Connor's cut throat enough like he took he brought on two slams at half time you know what I mean there was no messing around and they both had had impacts you know and Killian obviously uh, clipped over a point or two and, and then Adrian was, was kind of a Trojan worker for them in the second uh, in that second half and, and, and Michal Burns came on and uh, Joe O'Connor got the free there at the end to seal it you know so they have a really good bench I just think um they kind of nullified Damien Comer a bit. Um, and like obviously Shane Walsh had a bit of a field day, but and Killian McDavid was outstanding in the middle of the field too. But like the likes of Comer, Conroy, um, and after after the first twenty minutes, the Galway half hour line didn't really feature much either. So um I thought their system was, was pretty solid. I don't think Galway really looked like getting a goal that they probably needed to win the game. Uh and I just carry subs and, and their their quality. Like I think Paddy Clifford came into a bit more in the second half. And then, like they obviously, his brother then was was outstanding as well. You know, he was he was nearly unmarkable. So mm. I think they were probably that little bit of a better team and and that little bit of a better bench to get them over the line. That's a young enough Kerry team as well, Paul. They've had a lot of underage success and they've come up together. Is this a Kerry team kind of prime? I suppose to go on and dominate now over the next couple of years. Yeah, I suppose from a Cork point of view, you hope to and put like the, probably <laughs> the the goal is like. Um, I'd say maybe they feel down there. Maybe the first one is the hardest to get. I know they've that off their back and they can go again. Yeah, you're Bar David Moore and I'd say and Paul Ganey. Um, they're 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 quite a young team. Like you know what I mean. Um, and like uh, Jack Barry's only twenty seven. He seems to be around a long time. So they're they are a really young team and they they obviously they'll always bring footballers through. You know because that's what they all dream to do down there is just play football for Kerry so I suppose they are they are primed to it it'd be interesting to see where Galway go where the likes of Armagh and Derry can they come up a level um, will Derry or will Dublin uh, maybe fade off a bit so there's no doubt look starting starting next year they'll, they'll be the favourites by a bit I'd say to, mm. to, to regain it uh, just a word, Paul, before we wrap up, just on um, the, the Cork situation, the change of managers that was announced this week. Yeah. It's uh, First off, um, it's a shame that Keith Rickon couldn't continue on as manager, but obviously his health is his priority and he owes nothing to, to anybody, I guess. But um, it's just a shame that he didn't go on. He wasn't able to go on and, and do the job, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, I suppose he, I suppose doctor's orders probably that he, he he couldn't really continue and just had to has to wash himself, which mm-hmm. that is the most important thing, you know what I mean? But I suppose um, he he owes nothing to Cork. Like I've I've known him since I was about thirteen years of age, and he, he's a really good guy. He loves loves football, loves Cork, just loves coaching and looking after young fellas. Um, so yeah, um, I suppose look, he 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 put his hand up and he did it. You know what I mean? He done the job. Like it's a really tough job to take, and I suppose. Like John Clary's taking over, I suppose he brought John into his backroom team, and like now that John is taking over, I suppose Keith's legacy as well. He's after leaving a really good guy in charge. You know what I mean? There as well, like like it would be it'd be horrendous for Cork if you're going looking for a manager now, and there would be a bit of a mm. kind of questions of where they are. Like they can set, and no doubt, like they'll be back in action fairly fairly soon. You know. John Cleary's name was always kind of mentioned whenever the, the Cork job was uh, up for discussion, and he seems to be a very popular choice to come and take over from Keith. Yeah, I 100% agree. I thought he was a real steady hand from last year. Um is kind of what they needed and like he's I think he's he's a really good presence and he's very very much well respected. You know, he's obviously a West Cork man, but kind of lives up up around Ovens area, so he's well respected in the city and throughout the, the county like so. Yeah, I suppose look it's a job he's probably always wanted because he he went for it obviously, but maybe haven't hasn't come the way it's um he expected, but he's here now and look you would be interested to see what he does. Will he shake it up a bit? Maybe players are back room, but um, I, I'd, I'd suspect like he'd be really steady and he put together a good group of players now last year and, and they're just going to 
it's an important winter from really. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, trying to get out of Division Two next year will be will be really tough. I think if they can just have a good league there and you know middle of the road, I think that that will be a good uh, development kind of for the team again. Uh, very finally, Paul, before we wrap up, uh, a good win for Nemo yesterday against uh, Newcastle Town two ten to one five. A great start to the championship. Yeah, it was it was fairly horrific conditions. Now we know it was kind of monsoon like. Um, yeah, look, our last championship game last year was Douglas, and we lost. We were obviously knocked out in the group stages. It was a, a really bad day for us, and we just wanted to to get going there. Like we haven't lost the game all year, so we just wanted to keep that um, keep that running. And obviously, we have the Haven now in three weeks' time, so that'll be a massive game. But uh, I think the championship is good. It's a lot of close games there now. Yesterday, so mm. it's it's kind of the new formula is really good, and it's kind of evening things up a bit. So it's uh, yeah, looking forward to now and um, busy couple of weeks. Tony will be. Appreciate your technical call, Paul. Thanks yeah. for talking to us. No matter. Yeah, it was great to talk to Paul Kerrigan um, and uh, thanks to Paul for coming on to talk to us uh, about Kerry's win today. We're going to get more reaction uh, from Croke Park and we're going to hear from uh, Kerry Ford, Stephen O'Brien, who's been speaking to Ashton O'Reilly. Stephen, congratulations. All-Ireland champion. How does it feel? Uh, brilliant, yeah. Absolutely amazing feeling. Yeah. We're just delighted and um, we've had a great year. We're just, uh, just so thankful now to, to be able to, to climb the steps and lift, lift the cup, yeah. So it's been a long, uh, long gap for Kerry uh, so since 2014, so yeah, we're just, uh, just delighted, really. And you first joined the panel, was it 2014? Yeah, yeah, I was in for a couple of years before that, yeah, but 2014 was my first year playing, yeah, so... Um yeah, myself, Paul Murphy was our first year playing that year. Like, and I suppose we were just expected, you know, maybe like we didn't know what to expect. We won the All Ireland first year. Like, oh yeah, definitely be back here, definitely be back here. And it just doesn't happen like that. And it was just, we had such a long road, so many defeats, big games, and it was just heartbreaking, really. And then you're you're, you're doubting yourself. You're like, will I ever get back here? And it's just so it's an amazing feeling just to be back here. I'm just delighted. Yeah, you're one of the more experienced players. You stuck around, and obviously, as you said, it was heartbreaking at times. So it's amazing then today to be able to say that you went on and won the All Ireland. Yeah, no, it's amazing. Yeah, but it was just every year we, we knew we had we, great players coming through. We probably saw off a lot of good players in, like Mark, like Mark O'Shea and Aidan O'Mahony. And you're like, Jesus, how will we replace these guys? But just made great players come in, like Jason Foley there, Tom Sullivan. You know, we knew that Italian coming through. Graham Sullivan, brilliant game today. It was absolutely a fantastic game. So, and then, um, then obviously we had Shawnee and David coming through, and they've they've kind of taken over the team as leaders. And they're just, it's just their role models. It's just a pleasure to play with them. Really, it's just actually privileged. You know, they they nearly give you energy. Um, just going to training, just to, just to train with them, really, just to see them play. Like so that's amazing. They've they've given us such a, a lease of life to maybe our older fellas. But yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and going in at halftime, you were two points down. What was the message then from Jack? Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, like, there was nothing, nothing, nothing we weren't expecting. Like we knew Galway were going to put it up to us. Um, we were probably not clinical enough in the first half. We had a lot of wides. Galway, everything they were kicking was going over. Like so, I suppose we knew maybe our, our accuracy was going to improve, and maybe they couldn't hold uh, their, their 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 levels of accuracy. But straight away after the throwing, they went up got another point. Um, but just we got some great scores. Graham Sullivan, I can't remember now. Graham Sullivan kicked a great point from the back. Um, you know, and we got once we knew if we could maybe get ahead of them, then we did go ahead of them 16 14, and then they caught it back again. But just I think really it came down to our bench and um, massive impact from the guys off the bench. Paul Murphy, like I said, just a steady head, can control every ball. Killian Splan made a huge difference, turned the ball over for the point, probably for 17 16. And Michal Burns, savage impact as well. So that's really probably where we had the the the, the edge on Galway really, and we, we we knew that going in as well that the strength of our bench is just huge. Like so. Brilliant, Stephen. Thanks a lot. Enjoy the celebration. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Stephen O'Brien there speaking to Ashton O'Reilly after the win today over Galway. More reaction from the Kerry camp. Going to hear from Kerry's Gavin White. Gavin White, how are you feeling? All Ireland champion. Must be nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. I suppose it hasn't really fully sunken in yet, but it, it's some relief there after the final whistle went. Um, 
and absolute credit to Galway it was an absolute savage battle out there um, it was tit for tat for, for up until 70-75 minutes wherever it was and, and thankfully we were just able on the right side of that there must be a lot of relief for you as well to be actually out there on the pitch today. It didn't look likely when you came off in the semi-final against Dublin and you're out there today and you put in a great shift. You got a, a point there as well coming near the end. Yeah, um, I suppose I, I, did that, I did that knee injury against Dublin and when anyone does, does a knee injury, there's a fear factor that you could be out there for a, cu- a couple of months, if not a year. Um, but thankfully, I, I pray to the heavens that Sunday night coming on the bus and thankfully it wasn't a cruiser and like that and I was able to get through a week's, a week's rest to get it right for, for this week and thankfully I was able to get, up, get on the line to... How's it feeling now? Ah, it's, it's not too bad, no, not too bad. It'll <laughs> tonight and we'll look after the end of the week. And how was it to see Sean O'Shea up there in the Hogan stand, lifting the Sam Maguire's? It's just dream stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I suppose when you're a young fella, you, you always look, you, you dream of days like today. Um, and as I say, look, it probably really hasn't sunken in properly yet. We'll look back in a couple of days and, and reflect on what has happened uh, and we'll really soak it in then. At times it looked like Clifford versus Walsh out there. They were both unbelievable. Shane Walsh kicked nine points. David Clifford, I think he got eight in the end. Just incredible stuff. Yeah, look, David is absolutely unbelievable. He's been unbelievable since since he was minor. He's a savage leader inside the dressing room. Uh, a savage game altogether. Um, likewise for Shane Walsh, look, he's he, he's up against one of the best defenders in, in the country in Thomas Sullivan and gave him enough for today. Uh, kicked some absolutely unbelievable points and is very unlucky to be on the losing side today. And what's the plans now? Celebrations for the next few months? <laughs> Celebrations, yeah. I, I don't know what I'll do for the next half an hour, never mind the next <laughs> couple of days. So we'll take it step one step at a time. Brilliant, Gavin. Thanks so much. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, that's Gavin White there speaking to Ashton O'Reilly after uh, the win today in the all Ireland Senior Football Championship final. A great game, a great performance by Kerry today. And uh, they are all Ireland champions. And as I mentioned to Paul, they're primed to, to go on and dominate now over the next couple of years. A young squad, as Paul was outlining um, to us there a couple of moments ago, um, full of energy. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it looks like this Kerry team could go on and uh, win a couple of All-Irelands now after, uh, after today. They got that one. Uh, they got the win now today that'll fill them with confidence and they were absolutely brilliant particularly in the second half the last 10 minutes thought they were excellent down the stretch um, but it is uh, Kerry who we might get more reaction at from Croke Park a little bit later on in the show um, it's managed closer to home uh, Douglas Hall beating in the FBI Intermediate Cup final today uh, unfortunately for uh, the Cork side losing out to Whitehall Rangers and Turner's Cross 6-2 was how it finished it was a 5-1 at half a time just uh, Whitehall Rangers Rangers just uh, bringing incredible intensity right from the kickoff and uh, securing a fully deserved win today over Douglas Hall. Now Andrew Horgan was there for us and spoke to Douglas Hall manager John O'Mani. Absolutely commiserations on the result but what were your thoughts on the performance and the result overall? Well I think there's only one team turned up in the first half and we as a group of players we know that ourselves we just didn't come anywhere near our standards in the first half. Um, we showed flashes of what we're about in the second half but to be honest there was only one team here today and it was White Harlem fairly soon they got the result came down and very good strong team all over the field that's obviously you probably need to analyse and watch it back but is there any reason why at this moment in time you didn't think he'd started particularly well no we had spoke about it all week for what the girls to expect um, again maybe with was a bit of nerves about the team but we thought we wouldn't have an issue with nerves to be honest you know come in Enjoy it anyway, but we just didn't look. We just we were nowhere at the races in the first half. Is that disappointing as well? Because obviously you've won 11 games out of 11 in the Cork League that you obviously want to show what you're all about here today. Yeah, look, first and foremost, the girls will always say that I'm about the performance. No matter what, they train twice a, twice a week very hard, and then to go to the weekend and not perform, that used to annoy me more than the result. 
today was disappointing. We just didn't perform. The one positive, obviously, Alison and Colin. She got a couple of goals. Yeah, look, um, Alison is a work in progress. Someday she's going to score 14 goals. She's going to set a world record. If she ever gets it right, she'll get there eventually. No doubt about it. She's a class, got speed, and she's been one of our main players this season. Yeah, so she's she's she'll go close to doing something. And just in terms of today, obviously, is it something once the dust settles? I suppose you look back and obviously it was a great achievement, even just getting to the final. Yeah, look, we enjoyed getting here. Don't get me wrong, we had a couple of tough games along the way, but we got here. But you can see the stand on the white there today. You know, that's something we have to aspire to. They have class all over the field, you know. And the passing, the game awareness, it was all there. We were lacking today. We were just lacking. So look, we'll go back. We've got two cups left. I think we've league on Wednesday night. We'll see if the rest of the season we'll enjoy it. Hopefully we can make it in next season. Yeah, it's obviously champions already, so is the M now just going in the other two cups. Yeah, look, again, the guys will be disappointed. We have a game where we go straight again Wednesday night, our last league game against Springfield, so hopefully we can just keep our momentum going in the league. See how to, it would be nice to do 12 and 12 in the league, you know? Yeah, like just how big achievement would that be? Again, look. Win every game. It's goals. Don't worry, they'll they'll be off for that game Wednesday night, do you know what I mean? But, and I think at this stage, they want to get 12 12 as well. That's John Amandier, the Douglas Hall manager, speaking to Andrew uh, following uh, the disappointing defeat today to uh, Whitehall. As John was saying there, just Whitehall just uh, were came out all guns blazing, I suppose, in the first half and uh, going in five one at half time. There's always going to be a mountain to, to climb for Douglas Hall, but as John was saying, there are plenty to play for for Douglas Hall for the rest of the season. Our season not over yet. Uh, just a disappointing defeat today, but thanks uh, to John Amandier for speaking to us, um, particularly after uh, a defeat. All right, we're going to go back to uh, Gaelic Games now and uh, St Mary's High School Middleton are the latest uh, winners of the Rebel Oak Monthly Award and they got that for being crowned uh, the uh, Senior A All-Ireland Champions as they defeated Moat at uh, 1-12 to 7 points in the decider recently. Now, I was at the event at the Clayton Hotel Silver Springs and at the event I spoke to their coach, former Kerry footballer Tomás McIntyre. All right, Tomás, uh, first off, congratulations. Uh, it's an incredible achievement to, to win one trophy, to win three in one season. Is some going? Yeah, it's a big achievement for the school. Um, it's probably been a few years of hard work, I suppose, between our, the management, ourselves and the girls and just the core group that were there, fifth and sixth year, I suppose. They, this is the thing that they always wanted, so it was a great year. As you say, the work doesn't come like it happened overnight. It started a few years back and a lot of hard work has gone in the training field to get to this point. Yeah, the, the, the core group, I suppose, the fifth and sixth years that were there they, when they started out in first and second year, but the school wasn't competing too well in competition, so they... They had tough days. They lost. I remember we we always refer back to the Junior C final we played one time and they lost. Mm. Um, they went forward in again a couple of years after that and they got back to another final and they kicked on then. They won. It just kept going. They won Junior B, Junior A and Senior C and it just kept rolling in for them. So, you know, they had the tough days though so the good days came after. Yeah, winning is a habit though, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Especially at that age. You know, if they get any kind of taste of it at all they kind of... Winning breeds brilliant, I suppose everyone says that and um, especially at that age between those ages of 13 and 18 if they get if it's all it's all momentum at that age mm. juggling schoolwork uh, especially in leaving search year and, and and playing time and training time must have been very difficult it is and those girls deserve a lot of credit too because to be very honest with you if you were to look back at training attendances between you know the beginning of maybe we'd say just this year alone for the six years they were the ones that were there every day mm. and they were it's time management you know everyone says you have to give up sport because you're doing the leaving so you don't I firmly would argue with that it's a great release it's, isn't it? it's time management if you can manage your time the, all the way I did we trained on an hour on a Wednesday we have a half day from school you're finished at 2 o'clock 
you can study as much as you want after that <laughs> and they did so credit to them they're a great bunch Talk to us I suppose about your path to the, the All-Ireland final and how you got there um, we were just talking about it there we started off the first game of the year we've actually played at Cashel um, Community School we played them again in the Munster final later on in the year um, that was a good game we, we started off well in Ballon of it was a good start to the year I suppose our second game then was Klosh and Eskelega away that was a very very patchy performance I remember it we were t- I was very cranky after that game I, that, if you ask the girls they'll tell you it was fairly cranky after that game yeah. just the performance wasn't there but again two years interrupted with Covid you couldn't you had to take yeah. it for what it was um, we went on we played St Augustine's and Dungarvan got the win there and then back to the Munster final against Cashel again which was a completely different game to what it was in the groups um, we were just about squeaking ahead uh, for the whole game they really came at us and they were very well coached by Richie of Oven Cashel there Richie Ryan is fantastic um, we got over them that's the Munster done but then we got through to the playing Westport in the All-Ireland semi-final and I think that was the day they probably grew up Mm. Um, for me anyway I remember before in the dressing room the subs went out with their bibs and all and there was nobody left inside only the starting 15 and I could see that they were that they, a lot of them grew up that day mm. um, they completely took over I didn't actually open my mouth for the whole game it was great <laughs> they bossed Westport around yeah. the pitch it was one of the best performances and you know when that happens in the semi-final you'd be small bit worried going into a final did we play our best game because that's the way we were going all year yeah. we played well we didn't play well we played well we didn't play well and it, the whole pattern was going all the way but the final was the same as the semi-final they just point down at half time probably should have been up a little bit just nerves not kicking the right options and then got in second half we moved Dara out to wing back and that was it it was just platform to drive on then and that's the way it turned out so what was the message at halftime just relaxing points will come kind of thing is it or we knew we were okay I didn't, we weren't really there was no panic between myself and Emma and I must mention one man that was helping me on the day Shane Ronan he's the manager of the senior team he was a good friend of mine mm. was there and he chatted with, before we went into the dressing room together and um, he said you're fine he said just yeah. continue on he said continue on He's get your platform in the second half keep the position keep them down the other side of the pitch and we just started chipping away point by point by point they never came back I think I think they only scored I think they always or Malt only scored three points in the second half mm-hmm. so that defence was top notch and then we got the goal and that was yeah. it after that we were seven up then so could breed a small bit mm-hmm. and oh. success I suppose breeds success and the younger players looking at this successful goal I want this and that will drive them on yeah I just, some of the days we had in school since have been magic altogether you know they'll, they'll forever be with us like we had so we came back in the week after the midterm after winning and there was a um, they had a rally inside in the school hall and all the first years were down and there was a school show was on the same day so there was big big colour blue and this, this is the school show the TYs we had on was on at lunchtime so they brought the team up during the break and sure the place was gone mad and I, I can, you'd see all the 13 and 14 year olds they're all watching up and looking up at it so um, even the girl that got the goal in, in the final of All-Ireland for the only 14 years of age so you know even her going around the place she must have felt like Ronaldo or Messi going around the place for a couple of weeks but she's that kind of a person too but she'll enjoy it but yeah. that, it'll be great and hopefully there we've, we've lost four now this year four six years it's not a massive amount of people that have gone from the team so they are four very 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 good players but you know we'd be hoping we have to start from scratch again we know that yeah. you know it's it's done now you won and then you have to it's, it's you're, you're back down into the pot with everybody else now so it's it's back to back to basics again 
Thanks, boss. To, to get the Red Logue Award here today must be just uh, the icing on the cake, I suppose. Yeah, it was fantastic. You got the call about that. I, I, I actually genuinely didn't even expect it to do for, for us to be up here, but um, it's lovely. It's fantastic. Even the girls there just to see him again now after you know a couple of weeks, and then it's been great. And it's fantastic. And the sponsors have looked after us very well, and a lot of credit to them. And thanks very much to them. Well, thanks, man. Right, yeah, great talk to uh, Tomas Malkin there. They're the coach of uh, Middleton's uh, St Mary's High School after they were uh, named uh, the Rebel Oak Award winners. Corchel FM Pro Media Partners to the Rebel Oak Awards, and uh, it was great to be there uh, and meet the team and uh, have a chat with Tomas as well after. So, congratulations indeed uh, to them on that award. I'm now, we're going to talk football and Saoirse Newton signing a new contract uh, with Durham Women FC, spending uh, last season on Lomit Shelburne. Um, to help her recover from injuries so she is uh, signed a new contract uh, with the club and uh, it's going to be a massive massive year for Saoirse Noonan in uh, the Women's Championship uh, with Durham and uh, earlier on in the week uh, Saoirse had a chance to speak to our man Drew McCarthy Real thrill now to be joined here on the Big Red Bench on Cork Street FM by one of our favourite guests that we always enjoy talking to because she's uh, one of the busiest people I know and uh, she's also a Republic of Ireland international player and when she's not doing that, her successful business that she's launched and is running Freedom Clothing, she's making her mark with that and she finds time to do a bit of coaching as well during the summer months. I don't know where she gets the time but that's because she is Saoirse Noonan and she's one of a kind and she's with us here again. Saoirse, how are you? I'm very good, Jer. Thanks for having me on again. It's lovely to speak to you. It is lovely to speak to you too. Let's talk business first, he said, like a business presenter on a radio station. Um, freedom clothing is something that is very close to your heart. It's something that you set, you set up from the ground up. You have made a success of it. It is flying it at the moment. What is freedom clothing for those who don't know and where can they find information about your fantastic line of clothing? So um, you can find it on my Instagram, Freedom Official Clothing, or you can find it on our website, which is www.freedomofficialclothing.ie. Um, so I suppose the first lockdown, um, we'd stopped playing sports and that's all I really ever knew. Um, and I was nearly finished school and I was kind of thinking to myself, like, at that time you weren't really, you weren't seeing girls as much, making much money off sports. It was a bit here and there. And I kind of, I suppose, was afraid, what am I going to do? And I was only ever known for sports and no one ever, I was afraid no one would ever know, know me for anything else. So, yeah, I think that's when I kind of took it into my own hands that I don't want to just be known as a sports person when I retire. I want to have something else that I can fall back onto. And, yeah, I just went for it. Um, started out as a bit of an experiment to see how we get on, a bit of fun um, and something to do really to keep the mind going over lockdown. And, yeah, here we are. A year and a half later and we're still we're still going we're still growing and it's a unisex clothing brand there's a shamrock on every bit of clothing because we're obviously all proud to be Irish um, and it's called Freedom because my name in Irish is Saoirse so yeah it's it's just a really personal brand to me and I think everyone can everyone has made connections to it in different ways um, I remember when I was in the Marina Market last year um, there was some people saying is it called Freedom because we want freedom, we want to get away from COVID and stuff like this. So everyone kind of has their own like views on it, which I enjoy kind of hearing what people think is why it's called freedom. Um, so yeah, if you could all go support it, um, it'd, be, it'd be very much appreciated. And yeah, I'm excited to see, see what's ahead. It's no mean feat to keep a business going in the current climate, Saoirse, um, and to do it uh, coming out of 
COVID and for it still to be going and for it still to be, you know, a really well presented brand. Can I just say to you though about the presentation of your brand? I recognise some of the models that you've been using. Um, are they, uh, you know, are they charging you models? You know, modern modern day rates, or is there is there an agreement with some of them that you people might recognise? Yeah, um, I think to be fair, like we have James Power there. He's a, I think he's the youngest ever professional boxer, and he came out and did one of the photo shoots, and he has a big following, and he's a a good looking lad and a well known face. And then um, it's all family members and stuff. Um, my sister's boyfriend, my own girlfriend, my sister. So yeah, look, it's really close to home still, and it's very small and still growing, which I'm very blessed to have, and to have all the lads come out and spend a day shooting, and then a local. Um, photographer doing it as well helping out so everything is just brilliant like having everyone support um, small business they know how hard it is um, and I'm not the, as you said I'm quite busy and it's not the easiest to get people to start into to schedules to suit me so yeah I'm really grateful for them all I'd love to be at those boss uh, models meetings. I'd say that's some cracker right? between your girlfriend and between your family members. That's some uh, interesting conversations. Let's just leave it at that now because we don't want to stir yeah, any yeah. trouble. Um, delighted for you, obviously, with the, with the clothing range and good luck with it. Uh, continued success with it. On the field, uh, you're coming back from injury. You've been spend, you spent a bit of time with Shelburne. Uh, in terms of fitness, how are you? Yeah, um, I suppose it was a bit of a tough road. Um, I got injured start of January and I was out for about nine weeks and then just trying to I suppose gain the fitness back, get back on the pitch, get back to to moving smoothly. And yeah, look, I found it tough. Um, then there was a bit of hiccups in the road, with a few family things happen and stuff, and that that never never helps because obviously you're missing you're missing sessions and stuff. But yeah, look, I'm back on track and I'm I'm enjoying my football now, and I really want to see what the next couple of months holds for me. Indeed, and we wish you well in that recovery because it's going to be quite busy for the Republic of Ireland. Before I ask you about that, actually, Euro 2022 is currently on our TV screens. Obviously, Ireland are not a part of it, but it's it's amazing to see the amount of young girls I've, I've noticed out kicking a soccer ball, kicking a football on the greens and in pitches over the last couple of months. And I think that, uh, over the last couple of weeks especially, and I think having that front and centre is certainly going to inspire a new generation of young Irish footballers. Obviously, you're not there in the Republic of Ireland aren't there, but does that just make those two upcoming qualifiers in September against Finland and Slovakia all the more important that you try and qualify for the World Cup in Australia and New Zealand in 2023? Yeah, 100%. I think um, I don't think I've missed any games. I think I've nearly watched um, bits of them all at this stage and I think it just kind of gives you the fire in your belly saying like we could have been there and obviously everyone wants to be part of those big those big days, especially when it's across the water in England. Um, but yeah, I think everyone knows how big Finland is and that we should probably have been at the Euros and seeing seeing the crowds and seeing the the attraction it's getting and um, how well we're doing as a team now I think it's it's in our own hands and we have to go we have to go achieve that and I think we owe it to ourselves to go achieve that yeah, there will be quite a lot of pressure. I mean, obviously, this is the thing. So competitive now is that squad under Vera Paul that getting into the squad, and I don't, it's not, it sounds like a cliche, seriously, but it isn't, but getting into the squad is no easy feat as it is because there's so much talent coming up through the ranks. On this week's podcast as well, I've been speaking to James Scott, who's taken an under 17 international team up to Northern Ireland for the Super Cup, and he's even seeing it himself as a coach and as a coordinator of the emerging talent. It's now in the last two years, it's getting more and more difficult to leave players out at, at underage level. and it's same is true at senior level there's a lot of competition for your places yeah look players are playing week in week out and there's different things happening and I um, I definitely wouldn't like to be Vera or, or anyone picking that team um, and Tom they've, they've a hard job and there's loads of players that want to be in there who doesn't want to play for their country and once you get a sniff of it you never want to you don't want to ever lose that 
Um, but like we can only do our best off the pitch and try try keep taking over playing our games and trying to do well but everyone else is doing the exact same they're all trying just as hard and yeah look I think I think it's great competition is great but yeah everyone definitely wants to be there and it's extremely tough yeah, and it's not going to be easy to qualify for World Cup 2023. You're fighting for a place in the playoffs and the playoffs are so convoluted that there's two rounds of them and even the winners of that, the top two go and then a third team ends up playing in a pre-tournament in New Zealand in January. So there's, there's quite a few steps to go and we don't want to over, you know, overburden you or the other international footballers. But that finish game in September, like so many people are talking to me about it. It's it's, it's brilliant. Not just in the uh, time and again, I get talked, I talk about the male side of things and where Ireland are at, but more more and more people now watching on television want to see that there's a real desire I think in, in Ireland to see become successful and qualify for a tournament do you feel that because you've been on the ground coaching a lot as well over the last few months I think people are talking about it and are more interested in women's international soccer than ever before yeah I think um, definitely for myself and the girls anyway it's all about just trying to get to those playoffs and it is all about the next game um, that Finland game is going to be absolutely huge and yeah um, myself and see our coaching little plug there for him and we're doing a few camps as well at the moment and even the girls coming in you see them saying that like oh I went to this Irish women's game I went to this Irish women's game Mm. and we're going up with our team and we're getting the bus and like before you'd very rarely hear of that and even the amount of girls coming to to soccer camps now it's ridiculous so yeah I just I just love seeing it grow and I love I love seeing how much fun they have and that they're talking about the Sam Cares the Leah Williamsons, the Katie McCabe's. Um, it's just, it's amazing to see. And the Sir Shanunans are talking about. Don't be, <laughs> uh, don't be forgetting that person as well. Because, uh, I mean, can I just ask you before I leave the topic, is becoming an international footballer, every, injuries aside, everything you hoped it would be? Um, it probably is and more and, and not more as well. Um, I think everyone sees the, the nice side of it. Hmm. And we forget that at the end of the day, we're all, working trying every single day to get to this level and then there is upsets and they are really hard to take and it's hard to to get back up and put a smile on your face and these are things that you have to learn Um, and over the last year I've definitely learned that you kind of have to take everything with a pinch of salt and people are going to have different opinions and that is hard to take and as I said being an international footballer you learn to understand it that being at the top level you have to be able to accept this and move on um, but yeah, definitely going out onto that pitch, it's even more than I'd ever dreamt of. And even seeing the crowds grow now and stuff, it's even better again. And I'm, I'm I suppose I'm one of the lucky ones I got to make my debut in Tala in front of a, a huge crowd and it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, so yeah, like that's definitely, that's definitely something you dream as a, as a kid. But kind of, I suppose when I was younger, you didn't actually believe that it was going to be those big, huge crowds. You just had it a vision that you'd be on earlier boys team and you'd be going out in those crowds um, whereas now we can definitely see that it's actually it's possible and it's there and the doors are open you just have to go after them yeah and I think that's very well said it's good to give a balance especially for young girls listening to this that as exciting and all the dreams coming true getting to the top of the, of that of the tree which you've done to become an international player and score an international goal and represent your country setbacks and how you deal with them is part of the process and that it's not all sweetness and light it's a hugely competitive dare I say it industry at this stage in women's international soccer and women's club football as it should be same as the males it's good that you're giving a perspective, especially to younger listeners now that might be saying, I can't wait to play for Ireland, but it, it takes a lot of dedication, takes like overcoming a lot of setbacks, but you're all the better for that and um, along that pathway, I think. Yeah, I think um, for me, definitely, like my parents would always say to me, like, 
you're only as good as your last game and negative energy wastes the most energy so like you have to just try to find the positives and yeah look there's definitely um, you could definitely I could say I went on and got my debut and played scored a goal and that's all great but then you can't stop there because there's people knocking at the door left right centre so definitely you nearly have to work harder than to keep your spot um, and prove why you are there so once you're in the door you're not you're definitely not done by no means very well said before I let you go you were also in the press this week in the Echo a lovely two page spread because you were kind enough to uh, appear in my book Cork LGFA Game of My Life to talk about yourself talk about your career both as a soccer international and as a Cork LGFA inter-county footballer it was a lovely story it was very well told by you all your words um just uh, I wanted to ask you actually and thank you again for agreeing to be part of that book and that book is available on Amazon.com and in all good bookstores he said plugging it throughout Cork and beyond but that process and seeing your name in print and seeing your story in black and white what was that like? Yeah it was quite um, heart touching I suppose um, credits to you for writing it so lovely um, and even when you I remember the day you read it back to me and I was sitting in the car and I had a tear in my eye um, and even unfortunately my granddad passed away only a couple of weeks ago so yeah look even when I read it the other day I was like this is amazing like to have to have that in a book now and I suppose shared it forever um, it's really really nice Yes, and uh, my condolences again on that and the passing. I think it's a lovely story to, for others to read about and his legacy as well as yours is in black and white forever and that's a lovely thing hopefully for your family. Listen, every time I speak to you, I come away feeling a lot more positive. I think your positive energy is infectious and fair play to you, not just you. on the football pitch but on the training pitch with so many young girls around Cork with CR7 coaching and all those things. <coughs> Keep an eye on Saoirse's Instagram and Twitter and Facebook account for more information on that and definitely get yourself over to Freedom Clothing to see some highly paid models uh, showing off some of the best uh, clothing and you'll describe it better than I will um, up and coming person business person as well I don't know how you do it and I'm really proud of you that you're doing it not just on the football pitch but also in the business sense and keep it going Saoirse because uh, I have a feeling we'll be talking a lot more about freedom clothing and Irish international soccer in the coming weeks and months Thanks a million, Ger. Thank you. It's always fantastic to hear Saoirse Noonan and a great interview there. A great chat with Ger McCarthy. And you can get more from Ger on the Women in Sport podcast every Thursday on Corks Red FM at noon. Uh, we publish the podcast then. It's available on redfm.ie and you can get it um, from wherever you download your podcasts. So be sure and check out the, the Women in Sport podcast with Ger McCarthy. All right, we are going to go back to Croke Park. We're going to hear from uh, both managers. Now, first off, we're going to hear from uh, Kerry boss Jack O'Connor and then we're going to hear from uh, Galway boss Porrick Joyce. But first, uh, we're going to hear from Jack O'Connor and he is speaking to Ashton O'Reilly. Congratulations, you've done it. You came back for one job. Yeah. Win the All-Ireland. Just delighted, no, Ashton, delighted. Um, Look, it's very emotional at the moment because we have, our thoughts are a bit scattered. But look, there's there's great satisfaction in, in, in getting this group, group over the line eventually because there's been huge pressure on them. You know, for the last few years, that pressure has been building, and you know yourself, it's not easy to do anything when you're under pressure. Mm-hmm. What did it feel like to see Sean O'Shea up there in the Hogan stand? I'm sure Sean is a great lad. I mean, we wouldn't be here at all but for his his score the last day against the Dubs, and uh, he's a great lad. He's from a great family, and uh, just delighted for Joe Connor as well that Joe got his mom went up there as well uh, but in general just a great day and a lot of the lads had their kids out there as well you can see what it means David had his there was Paul Ganey with his little boy as well Gavin I suppose Crowley, that's Gavin Crowley a few more of them yeah uh, sure it's lovely for them you know it's lovely um, that's what it's all about days like this and the game itself you were two points down at half time what was going through your mind then 
Uh, we just felt that we hadn't played, you know, that we had a lot of chances in the first half. We kicked seven, seven or eight wides, poor wides, we were snatchy at stuff. Maybe that was a bit of the pressure that the lads were feeling. And we just we, we just settled, fell us down at half time and made a couple of changes and I thought we were better in the second half, more composed. There did seem to be a bit, maybe a bit of nerves in there as well. Well, nerves and pressure, you see, that's what pressure does to you, you know? Mm-hmm. That's what pressure does to you. You, you snatch at stuff and look, hopefully no this is sent to them. Brilliant. And you came back for one job. Are you happy? You're delighted, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> this is what it's about. This is what it's all about. Thanks, Jack. Thanks, Thanks. Enjoy celebrations. Now it's Jack O'Connor there speaking to Ashley O'Reilly after uh, their thirty-eighth All Ireland football final success today. Kerry, we're going to hear from the uh, the opposing number now. We're going to hear from uh, Galway boss Porrick Joyce. Porrick, thanks for your time. I know this isn't an easy part of the the job for sure. What a game out there! He's really put it up to them, and it could have went either way. Yeah, I think to be honest, really proud of the lads, um, the way they played the game and the way that they carried out instructions to a tee, you know, I thought they were excellent, I thought Jack Lane notified Polly Clifford really well and I thought Liam Stiles notified Sean O'Shea, the key threat as well there and um, look at the way we were pint up at half time playing really good football, we didn't try and sit back, we tried to go and attack the game which we did and I thought Shane up front especially was outstanding, our forwards a great movement and we came out after half time and Kerry hit us for a few scores, we came back in and we, we stayed taking the punches and giving the punches up until the last up until the last maybe what four or four minutes to go and at 15 points apiece then like there was a decision given again just under the hill there in the far corner like I couldn't understand it where we had won the ball back Damien had won it back and look as he got pushed to the floor if you ask me he was a free out and then the ball came out and then John Daly had it and then he was tackled, he was tackled high and a free was given again him John was tackled high and a free that was given again him for kind of holding the hand which I found just strange to be honest like and going in two points up at half time the system that you had in place it worked it rattled them um, it looked like they were very nervous on the ball yeah it, it did like, and I know they feel bad wise like, but that, that's, that's all the pressure let's put it under them you know. and I thought two men our fellas were standing and look at them really proud of our fellas uh, really really good and look at what more can I say about them and for you to, to come in three years in here now sorry it's very noisy I'll wait till they go by <laughs> you're three years in now Warwick incredible to, to get to an All-Ireland final I know it, it's hurting at the minute you want to win it but to be here to see how proud you are the lads a lot of those lads so young have never experienced this before no they haven't like, and they've been on a great journey and in fairness they've got the Galway public football people again so fully behind them and we've a massive support there today but I think the, the lads can have instilled a bit of pride and passion back into Galway football that's missing for the last couple of years and look at I'm so proud of them so proud of them as the, the families and their clubs what they've done for their families and clubs and so we'd be very family orientated um, group so look, they need to go now and unfortunately suck it up a little bit and learn from it and stay together as a group and come back a bit stronger because now that they've got a taste of it, I know there's a lot of ambitious guys in that group there and look, at it's where we want to be in football in Galway and we have to go away and lick our wounds and find out where we can go but look, at again, I have to take our hats off to Kerry as well. I didn't, don't think I forgot to do it in the other interviews but I think to Jack, you know, he's a great manager and the Kerry players, you know, they, they really closed the game out and they got the chance and that's down to a level experience probably them lads have of playing at the higher, bit higher level than we did the last couple of years so look, we'll definitely learn from it and we'll, um, we'll regroup we'll come back and that's all we can say and Shane Walsh nine points he really rose to the occasion he looked pretty happy out there 
now he's look at he's an outstanding footballer. I said this to you before. I said it to loads of people. Like he's a very talented player, and he come up kind of a little bit of stick the last two games for probably not scoring from play. But look at he, he played to a system that we were playing. He played to a system today that we kept him up top a bit higher, and he was even phenomenal. Like the points he kicked were just outstanding. Kerry had no answer from at all, and they had double tagging him, trouble tagging him at times, and he's, he just was outstanding. His work rate as well off the ball was was phenomenal. And look at he's a great player. Fair play to him. Well, thanks for your time. You're always so good with it. Thanks, thanks for it. Thanks a lot. Paul Joyce, they're speaking to Ashton Earl. You can hear the disappointment in his voice there, but. Uh, great game of football today carried out the All-Ireland Champions alright we're going to talk uh, Aussie rules football now and a uh, busy time for the game here in Ireland so I caught up uh, with our pal the uh, senior men's coach uh, Ola Sullivan to talk about everything that's been going on uh, across Leaside across nationally and uh, their plans uh, for the, the coming year this is Ola Sullivan alright we're going to talk AFL now and delighted to be joined by our good pal Ola Sullivan Owen how are you boy? Hi Rory, how are things? All good here? Good, good to have you on again. It's been a while since you've been last on the big red bench and um, things have been fairly busy for, from your end. Uh, we might start, I suppose, um, talking about the core teams in the AFL Premiership and I suppose they've had fantastic success this year. Yeah, so um, starting off the, the women's, Cork Vikings, they're defending champions. Uh, they won the grand final last year and they've kind of started as they as they mean to go on. They've they've gone through uh, a very busy period at the start of the, the premiership season with round uh, round four is coming up this weekend and they're they're currently sitting on top of the table. So they're going very well. They've recruited very well with um girls from all over once they're really coming out to play uh, with the Cork Vikings. And then the, their counterparts, the Lee Side Lions, the men's, they're also sitting on top of the table. They were beaten in the grand final last year by uh, South Dublin Swans. So they've actually gone undefeated so far, but they have a stern test now against uh, Galway. Even though they're at home, uh, Galway are coming out to Cork this weekend. I'd say we're really intend to um, to try and scuttle them. So, yeah, they're, they're going fairly well so far. Um, I, I suppose I know what the barometer is for success. I suppose it's, it's, it's medals and, and trophies and um, there's nothing won yet this year, but now they're, they're going pretty well. So, we'll see how that works out. And in your capacity as coach, you've been getting out to a lot of games this year on? Yeah, um, I've taken a step back now. I was I was uh, involved with the Lions last year, but this year um, just more with the national team role. I'm just getting around to watching games. Um, I've been in Belfast watching games. We've been in Dublin, Galway, um, everywhere really. So it, it, it's just it's it's a different role. It's kind of standing on the bank and keeping an eye and taking notes on players. Um, and it, it's enjoyable too because you'll have your your assistant coaches with you and. Whereas there might be a game in Dublin and I could be in Galway. You're getting feedback then in, in the car on the way back to someone ringing you saying, oh, this guy went very well or this was a surprise package here. So there's a, there's a lot of people putting their hand up for a, a selection and there's only so many places, you know. When you get to games then, there's the kind of buzz and the whispers kind of go around the ground going, oh, the Ireland coaches here, we better start opening our game. Yeah, there's a lot of fellas coming up to shake your hand and it's kind of funny because say, some of the older boys I would have played with and against and... I'd, I'd obviously kind of they make a beeline hey on how are you getting on but there's, there's other newer guys you can you can actually see fellas whispering here that's your man over there in the head nod and everything gets really serious and it, it wouldn't be in my nature to be super serious at all I'd be a very kind of social fella but it, I suppose it is different when you're the guy handing out the green jerseys that fellas are uh, they're trying to impress and it, it's funny because they know well because we, we have a, a wider group chat with anybody who's, who's putting their hand up to play they know well that it isn't the guy who well, obviously, if the guy lights up the, the stage and, and he hits five goals, he's getting it. But it's, it's the guy who's doing the other work, the guy who's running off the ball and making the tackles and making the space for someone else. They're the guys who stand out. 
So um, it, it is interesting. Yeah, it's like I said, it's, it's new to me, and it's a uh, it's interesting, right? When say when we arrive in that the the focus kind of tunes in a little bit more. <laughs> Have you been noticing I suppose, more players taking up the sport over the last year? Or so there's a lot of players uh, heading down to Australia, the likes of say even Eric O'Shea from Cork, Vicky Wall, the, the, the ladies football of the year last year. And that's kind of brought more uh, focus on the sport, I suppose. Yeah. It, like th- there has been a massive uptake, particularly in the women's side of things. Um, the men's too, to a certain extent, but particularly in the women's side of things, there's been a huge uptake of, of players. Um, all over the country, really. Galway have uh, really established a, a very strong team up there. Um, Cork here, obviously, the Vikings are, are putting in players. From, there's girls travelling out from Tipperary to train during the week and play at the weekends. There's girls travelling up from Kerry, from Waterford, from all over, really. So, um, it, And it is very much off the back of the success of the Irish men and women playing in AFL and AFLW. As well, like it, it, it's on TV here. There's regular updates on radio. Um, and it's all over social media. So... But when it's in the kind of public eye like that and people start um, talking about it and realising that there's a, a league here and there's opportunities here, obviously if, if you're playing here, then you're in the shop window as well that you might end up playing or getting picked up to go to Australia. So there's definitely a, an increase in players. And off the back of that, then there's a kind of the calibre of player is better. So it translates into very successful national teams. So um, it's all kind of positive and all, all kind of an upward trend, you know. I suppose that kind of filters across then to the Irish national team and I suppose if there's more players playing in the leagues and obviously the standard is going to go up and both the Irish and men's, uh, women's, men's and women's team are, are going quite well at the moment. Yeah, so like we're, we're fresh back from, um, the, there's kind of two tournaments this year. There's the one day um, Euro Cup and then there's the European Championships later in the year in Zagreb. So we're just back from the, the one-day Euro Cup in Edinburgh, uh, which the women actually, uh, they won it out the third time in a row. Now it was scuppered with, with COVID, so they had to wait a little bit to get their three-peat, but um, oh, they absolutely did not demolished the, the opposition, anyone who came at them. And it's a, it's a relatively new team. There's a lot of uh, girls kind of playing in their first tournament, but they're, they're, a, they're a phenomenal uh, uh, outfit altogether. The men then again, a lot of new players, like after COVID, a lot of players would have dropped away and new players would have come in and waiting their biding their time to get a chance. So the men's team finished third, which um no it, it was a great success, but uh it, it really was a case of seeing where we're at and seeing where the opposition are at and, and the real focus is um the European championships which are in Zagreb in October. But the, again the, the caliber of player right across Europe has has increased massively and we're we're looking to to match the yeah, exactly. I mean, like, it's, it must be all systems going now for those European championships. And I suppose you as coach, you kind of have to leave no stone unturned when it comes to, to getting everything right. Yeah, and there's a lot to it. Um, obviously, the, the training and preparation is one side of things, but there's there's other factors in it as well with um, trying to source funding and sponsorship and things like that. We wouldn't be government funded, so a lot of this would be coming up of the players' own pockets. So, like to that end, we've set up um, a GoFundMe page. Uh, if anybody's interested in, in helping out, um, it's it's at aflireland.ie. But um, th- those kind of things, like uh, sponsorship, if there was an organisation or a company that were interested in in getting involved with these high-performing teams, like the, I, I can kind of stress enough, these teams are really performing at the the pinnacle of their sport. You know, they're high-performing teams. That the effort they put in, uh, giving up their weekends and and uh, weekday evenings to get training. And things like that so like all systems are go not just on the field but off the field too 
um, things like social media, the, things like yourself now helping us out with, with getting on the radio with the big red bench. Um, it all increases awareness and just getting the, the name out there really, really helps us um, kind of achieve our, our objectives and our goals. Um, yeah, I mean, like getting to Zagreb, I suppose, isn't cheap, especially when you've got a, a big team to, to 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 bring over. I mean, like, what what are you doing? I suppose, kind of, in terms of fundraising, and I suppose, trying to get the word out there for to get that sponsorship in. Yeah, so like it's a week long tournament in Zagreb, so there's the, um, the travel costs and then there's the accommodation costs on top of that, and we could have squads of um, like it could be thirty men and thirty women going over and management on top of that too. So it is uh, a, a quite large group of uh, between sixty and seventy people are going to be traveling to Zagreb and staying there for a week. So like I said, we, we have that GoFundMe page, which is uh, one avenue. Then we've um, we've kind of sponsorship proposals and we're approaching kind of the, the corporate sector. To see if um, if people are interested in in, in getting involved with these high performing and successful uh, national teams, um, the kind of the, the real carrot is that like a, say a company or an organisation can have branding on the kit or on the, the front of a, a national team jersey, and like the, at these tournaments, like these tournaments are live streamed on on social media by AFL Europe, and there's there's upwards of thirty to forty thousand um, people viewers, I suppose. Looking at this, and it's it's on um like when you come back, obviously you have the likes of Red FM and and uh, I suppose other mainstream media looking to get um a little piece of the the action too. So mm. that's kind of that's our, our our main carrot that if someone wants to to get involved and and be front and center with with branding, that's that's something we definitely be um be open to discussing. You know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, heading over to uh, the European Championships, I mean, like, um, where do you think he's sitting in terms of the ranking? Uh, how confident would you be uh, giving it a good go, I suppose? Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm not one to, to shy away from it. I, like, we're, we're going there with intent, with real intent, really. Um, the the women are currently ranked number one, not just in, in Europe, but in the world. They've, they're the owners of, or the holders, I suppose. Um, owners are probably a bit strong. They're the, the holders of, of every um, international uh, cup at the minute, the, the Amateur World Cup, which is the International Cup in Australia, the European Championships, the Euro, uh, Euro Cup, the one day, they, they've won everything. The men are... Um, we're looking to get back to where we were. There was a stage um, not that long ago when we were in, in a similar position. We were ranked number one. Now we're currently ranked number three. And um, we're, we're looking to get back there with a, a few of the, the old dogs for the, the hard road are still around. And then there's some there's some uh, real talent coming through um, and youth. And it, that mix is, is hopefully going to get us to, to where we want to be. So we, we'll, we'll give it a good go. And um, I suppose anything less than, than gold will be um, I suppose a disappointment but, but we can only control what we can control you know we don't know what the other countries are going to bring to the table we have our research done but again we, could, we can control what we can control and uh, like I said we're going there with intent and um, hopefully we'll be successful and as always, Owen, um, when we always talk, we always say to encourage new players to come and, and try the sport and give it a go. I mean, like new players are always welcome. And uh, I suppose the first step in, in that, I suppose, is reaching out and getting down. Yeah, so um, whereas I suppose I have the AFL Ireland cap and I'd encourage anybody to join any club. There's clubs all over the country. I'm also a, a cock boy born and raised and I want our teams to do well. So look, if it's for anybody on social media, give a look for the Leaside Lions or the Cork Vikings. There's there's training uh, midweek in Tremor Valley Park. There's games, like I said, this weekend uh, on Saturday in Clown Lee GA up in Kerry Pike. 
come down. They're, they're, they're a good social bunch. Um, I, like I'll be there myself, obviously, in, in my capacity as, as national coach. But there's there's um, they're a good crew. Like the the coaches involved, the, the backroom staff, the players themselves. Um, and then anybody attending university in MCU or UCC, there's men's and women's teams there too. Um, so that there's AFL everywhere for, for anybody who wants to get involved. Just give a look on social media and um, and get involved. Come down. Once you try it once, I'd almost guarantee you'll be hooked. And uh, it'll end up being a massive thing that becomes part of your life. Well, very well said. Well, a pleasure as always, buddy. And uh, really looking forward to the, the European Championships and, and watching your journey there. So thanks for talking to us on the Big Red Bench this evening. Thanks a million, Roy, for having me on. And I'll be sure to, to reach out and get back to you with a successful story in a, in a couple of months' time. Yeah, sounds like a balance on O'Sullivan there, uh, AFL, Ireland men's head coach time, all things AFL in Cork and across the country. We are massively out of time. Thank you very much indeed for listening to The Big Red Bench. Our podcast will be online very shortly, redfm.ie and from wherever you get your podcast from. The wonderful Mags Blackburn is up next with Green on Red. Enjoy the rest just on the night, folks. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM. <laughs>